tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? And welcome to another issue of Imagine If. We're here this week and we're we're back to our challenges. We're doing a challenge this week. Hope everybody's been excited about it. Yeah, we've been training hard this week. A lot of, <laughs> lot of running. Uh, I, I know I moved like three mountains. I don't know about you, but you know, I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. I like it. Uh, we're doing the Judas Contract, the, the new Teen Titans storyline from, do you know the year? Oh, man. I want to say it was like early 80s. I want to say like 82, 83. Uh, like I did that. have it pulled up. Let me see. Is that 84, somewhere around there? Something like that. Yeah, that's what it says. Uh, it's issues, Teen Titans, issues number 44 and annual number 3, the conclusion of the Judas Contract storyline. Or 45, what did I say? I said the right things, right? <laughs> Words. Uh, <laughs> let me pull it Those up. Those are difficult. I, uh, uh, yeah, but... You caught us with our pants down, folks. That's what. Uh, here we go. Teen Titans, the new Teen Titans, because you got to be careful because there's a lot of Teen Titan books. So the new Teen Titans numbers 42 through 44, and it'll include, I think it was Tales of the Teen Titans, so it's kind of like an annual issue four. Nope, annual three. Um, and actually, if you're lucky, if you can find a trade paperback, um, they'll actually include issues 39, 40, and 41, which... Lays a little groundwork, which it's funny because we were just talking about this before going on this recording. Like, trades from an earlier era were good because they'd give you, like, this full, thick book with all these extra bits. <laughs> right. Trades of the modern era will just reprint that page and be like, this is what you get. This, this is- page and a paragraph, and that's all. <laughs> they decide this is what's important for your story. Yep. Go buy the trade in a different collection. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's uh, our challenge, and we'll get to that later right now. Uh, what do you got for news-wise in the comic book world? Well, let's see. Okay, so we just came out of New York Comic Con, and I don't know. I, I-, I didn't feel like there was much comic book news which is weird because it's a comic con but you know as we've come to learn you know the tv the animation the movies there's a lot going on there even the toys are are starting to beef up yeah new york comic con is done by the same people who do san diego comic con and san diego comic con and new york comic con are both very much more industry now it's all video games uh movies and tv shows as opposed to the actual comics, which you can get on the floor. We can, you can go yeah, and do oh, I mean, totally. And there's always people, writers there and stuff like that. They, they do have panels. They're just not as publicized. Yeah. Well, and the good thing about that is, like, when you go talk to the actual publishers now, they'll give you more insight because it's like, attention, yay! <laughs> you know, so, like, it's it's your inner geek is just totally going to get Walk fulfilled. up to one of them and be like, uh, what is that? Uh, Wolverine? Is that, like, the one in the movies? Yeah. So, uh, do you guys have the adventures of Hugh Jackman? <laughs> oh, you mean Wolverine? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Actually, today, though, kind of on a last-minute deal, DC Comics put out some uh, early books for their January solicits. So we will be getting, um, I don't know if you all are a fan of this, um, probably you're vaguely familiar with the character, but Captain Adam, they're actually going to be taking his 80s comic book writers, which I didn't know this, but um, Greg Wiseman, which, you, if you're really into your television, you know he was actually the producer behind Gargoyles. 
really? and also the spectacular Spider-Man animated series and Star Wars Rebels. Okay, so he he went from comic books and went to animation and did some very great shows. Like I know two or three, two out of three of those, and even then the one that I don't know I still know was a great show. Um, and then his partner was Carrie Bates. And those two, they're going to reunite, and they're going to do a Captain Adam miniseries. So it's going to be a six-issue book. And basically, it's in my in my bold prediction, because Captain Adam is the basis for Dr. Midnight. And so with this whole DC Rebirth thing, it looks like Dr. Manhattan... Sorry, I, Dr. Manhattan is what I should have said, not Dr. Midnight. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Manhattan, Manhattan, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Matt Midnight was inspired by Dr. Midnight <laughs> and blind people. Um, so anyways, with uh, Dr. Manhattan, he's the possible massive Dusex Machina thing that's going on that's going to be changing the DC universe. So I thought that's kind of cool that they're doing a mini series of him and plus he's one of one of my, you know, my go-to characters. So I'm extremely happy. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. So basically they're kind of calling it the fall and rise of Captain Adam, which is kind of interesting because it's usually the rise and fall, but this one's going the other way, the fall and rise. So who knows where it's going to go? Is it going to take, obviously it's going to probably take stuff from the 80s and Captain Adam before that because he's been a very controversial character. Um, if you go back to DC Armageddon 2001, he was supposed to be Monarch, but the, be- the beans <laughs> got spilled, so they, they changed it. And even then later on after uh, Infinite Crisis, he did wind up becoming Monarch, and he was a little bit of a supervillain at that time. So I'm very excited to see what's going on there. Uh, another project that will be spinning out of DC at that time, it's going to be called The Amazons. And it's basically kind of like a prequel. I think it's going to be kind of like a, a younger Diana before she becomes Wonder Woman. So I, I don't know the creative team right now, but, you know, hey, it's, it's more Wonder Woman books out there, which is always fantastic. That's true. some good stuff there. I mean, you definitely want to have as many books out there right as you can when the movie comes out. Oh, yeah. You want to time it. So uh, it's actually, here we go, Wonder Woman Odyssey, Odyssey of the Amazons. So that's totally going to be pretty awesome. So it's, you know, it's going to basically explain a lot new um, you know what's going on actually no sorry it's before the birth of Wonder Woman so actually this will be dealing with strictly Amazonians and you so, know their queen and all that so like what Hippolyta yeah so this might be a way for them to kind of introduce the idea that Hippolyta was a superhero in her own right you know she was the queen this warrior queen so maybe they're bringing that element well, back to DC I know after after, pre- after Crisis, they kind of insinuate that Hippolyta was the Wonder Woman that was on the Justice Society of America, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, during the, the post-crisis years, which was Probably like our JSA stuff. Did I say pre-crisis? Yeah. Oh, yeah, post-crisis. <laughs> We're fumbling meant. the ball all night tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Comics. <laughs> but, um... So anyways, yeah, so those are going to be on your radar. They're coming out in January. So definitely if you're a Wonder Woman fan or Captain Adam fan, you got some exciting stuff there. Um, so obviously I'm just waiting to see what Marvel's going to drop here probably the next day or two. Um, release stuff. So last week, Dead Man, Dark Mansions. Or, well, Dead Man was out, and so it was a really good book. So if you get a chance, go find it out on your shelves. Um, just beautiful artwork and a really great story there. Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Secrets, uh, it's out there. Part one was out there. It was really good. It was beautiful artwork. Uh, Dead Man's a great story because you get those horror aspects with, like, you know, the little bit of, like, romance in there. So it's always kind of neat to see that. Um, today we had a lot of good stuff. So the Clone Conspiracy finally dropped. Um Wow. (laughs) If you thought we knew what was going on with the whole, you know, Spider-Man, Death of Gwen Stacy, 
this today is going to be a day where like fans are going to be getting either really happy or really pissy because now we know from well spoiler alert well actually no I'm not going to spoil it for you we have Gwen's point of view of what happened so that is just it was great like I, I, I read it I thought that was fantastic um, and I really like the angle because we all know the bad guy is the jackal in this one obviously he's very famous when it comes to clones and I like how it's like these actually really aren't clones this time you know, this is straight up like, you know, like, hey, you remember how it felt to die, right? And these people are like, yeah. And it's like, that's why you're not a clone. <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've done all my crazy science to, you know, grow you. Basically and, reanimate. Yeah. Life. yeah. And it's, it's just great because it's like, like, this book's going to do a lot with the J. Jonah Jameson, Peter Parker relationship. Uh, because in the books right now, we actually have J. Jonah Jameson Jr. Is, wow. Yeah, because... Or I guess no, it's senior. Yeah, because J Jonah James. I think R J J J is a junior. Right. So he's J J J J. Senior was the one that married Ma- Aunt May. Yeah. For a so while. he married Aunt May. So right now he's got some health issues. Oh. And if you read last week's Spider-Man comic book, he died. Wow. And it was a sad issue. Like, you know, like his last moments. He he gets Peter and he has him come in the room. He's like, "There's a family heirloom. I need you to get it, and I need you to bring it to me so I can give it to Jonah." So he can give it to his son, John, and we'll keep this heirloom in the family. I'm trusting you with this. So, of course, you know, like, oh, the responsibility. So Spidey goes, gets the item. And they, like, it was funny because they started playing up at one point where Spider-Man webs a guy. Well, he webs two guys. And you find out one is the bank robber and the other is the guy chasing after him. And he's like, well, don't worry. The webbing's going to wear off in an hour. Oh, Spider-Man made a little web backpack to put the the, the, the heirloom in, right? Oh. And so you're like, oh, no. So he gets stuck in this predicament where he's literally, like, webbed to a building holding it. And he's webbed to one of those giant cranes holding that for the guy to, like, get to safety. And sure enough, boom, the backpack gives. And then, you know, like, he just barely gets out in time. The crane falls. So this clock's – well, it turns out it's a clock, but this heirloom's really destroyed. And the whole time they're, you know, hoping to save uh, Jonas, our senior. senior. They're hoping to save him, and he winds up dying. And, you know, the clone conspiracy book one starts off, it's the funeral, and Jonah's just ripping into Peter. Because he's like, yeah, well, he's like, yeah, because, well, because they have like this process, I forget what they call it, but new you or something like that. So they have the, you know, the jackal's process, and they offered it to Jonah Jameson. You know, they're like, hey, we can save him. But Peter did it on one of his employees, and after he met with the employee, his spider sense guard started going off. So he's like, this isn't good. So that's why he wouldn't let Senior have it. So, But Jonah doesn't know that part. And as a matter of fact, in the comics, they brought his wife, Marla, back. So Jonah's seen it firsthand. So this is what's crazy is both of them are aware of it, but they're not telling each other what they know. So Jonah knows Marla's back from the dead. But Spider-Man knows there's something wrong with these people. And they haven't talked because Spider-Man Peter Parker can't talk to JJJ about anything. Right. So the victim is Jonah Sr. And, yeah, it just opens up. A lot of great stuff in there. So I'm very excited to see how this is going to go. So, you know, right now, definitely be out there. Clone Conspiracy and Amazing Spider-Man. Read those books in tandem because it's just going to spread out the story. So that's, like, that's the first book in a while where I've been excited about reading Marvel. Because I'm waiting. I, like... Civil War 2 needs to end already. It's boring. Um, <laughs> Champions is the new book for the younger team. It was all right. Kind of a slow start, in my opinion. And then you have um, Death of X, which, I don't know. I'm not a big Inhumans fan, 
so it's it's an inhuman story with the X-Men guest starring. And I'm kind of like, <laughs> all right, this this sucks. And plus they're going to kill my favorite character. So I'm like, oh. Well, yeah. But anyways, yeah, not too much in the news. Like definitely comic books, you know, it's always Wednesday. So go out there and check out what you can find. Um, the DC Rebirth is doing great. So, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of Superman, there's a great mystery brewing in there. You know, we finally have the pre or the post-crisis Lois Lane meets the new 52... Uh, Perry White and the rest of the Daily Planet folks. So that was a really good issue, and she also meets the Lana Lang Superwoman. So we're going to start seeing the Superman family books start tying up, unraveling these mysteries, like who's this extra Clark Kent running around, and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So definitely good stuff there. All right. Uh, one thing that did come, I know that did come out of uh, New York Comic Con was uh, when they had the Marvel Netflix people show up on stage for the defenders panel right <laughs> they went ahead and announced uh that the villain not the who the villain is but who's going to be playing the villain yeah, and the actress yeah. sigourney weaver and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think who would be the villain that they would they would have her play i mean she's i mean obviously she can't be too powerful because these are all street level got people the only one that has any real <laughs> mystical power would be Iron Fist. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest here. This is where my ignorance of these characters comes into play because, like, I'm trying to rack my brains. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking, well, it's probably going to come from the Daredevil branch. Just because out of the out of the group, he's the, the bigger he's tier character. probably going to be the leader. Yeah. But, I mean, and even then, when it comes to the Defenders, we've never really had the Defenders be this team. No, you know, so no, that's usually like, it's this uh, is all new stuff. The Hulk, Silver yeah. Surfer, Ghost Doctor Rider. Strange, yeah, these these B level characters, you know, other B level characters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it's never been you know Iron Fist, uh, Power Man, Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil. It's never and been them. Maybe Punisher. Yeah, maybe Punisher. And there's even a couple others. I think a couple other names have been dropped. Maybe Hellcat. She might wind maybe up Hellcat suiting up. Who knows? So. <clears throat> It's tough. So, I mean, the only thing I can think to do is probably say, if you're looking with your eagle eye, maybe go and look at the Heroes for Hire books. Because she's going to be a businesswoman. It's it's definitely going to be, yeah, you know, one they're going to fight business. One of the names that I heard throw around is that uh, she might be Silvermane. Like, uh, wow, they might change gender the gender. Swap. Yeah. Ooh, and that's good. So. That's crazy. We'll see what that, if that ends up being what it is. Wow, that's nuts. Uh, they also... Dropped the trailer for uh, Legion, which is the X Men show that's going to be on FX. I don't know how I feel about the show. It doesn't really look like any X Men that I've ever seen or read. <laughs> well, Legion. Uh, so when they picked Legion, it was like, really, <laughs> Professor X is schizo weird son. <laughs> yes, really. This is out of all the characters. I mean, hell, give me Wolverine then. You know, like I don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll you know give me something that. So yeah, I. You know, I. I don't know. Good luck to him. <laughs> good, yeah, good luck to him. We'll have to see what they end up doing with that, with all that. Uh, last thing uh, I did see was that. Oh, I don't think it came out of uh, New York Comic Con, but I think it probably was a, a the poster that was up there because of New York Comic Con. Oh yes, I'm talking about the new Logan poster. Yeah, uh, where he's holding Deadpool's hand. That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did. I think it came out yesterday. That I guess that's supposed to be X twenty three's hand. Yeah, well, that's a that's that's a major clue, and that's awesome because she's a great character. Um, now, you know, looking at the hand, it's tough because, like, for me, like, I, I see it as a little kid hand, but obviously, you know, with it being X twenty three, like, I imagine they're going to probably have, you know, 
not not necessarily a kid actor, but like you know, a teen, tween. I don't know, but I hope you know. they do have some type of like thirteen, twelve year old because that's you know when she was introduced, that's around yeah, the age that she's supposed to be. Yeah, fits the character spot on, which would be great. Right, but yeah, you're right. They'll probably <coughs> end up picking. If not some 18-year-old, they'll pick uh, some 28-year-old. You yeah, know? you need to act like you're 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, however, I did have a conversation with Daniel on, on the other podcast, on Televised Heroics, and I had said that uh, because of the way that the hand has like a diamond on the wrist, I thought maybe it was supposed to be Dakin, because that was supposed to be his other oh, claw coming claw out of his wrist. Of there, yeah. yeah, but... From what it sounds like, they've already decided that it's it's X-23. Well, and the thing is, maybe this is where they'll do it. Because as a character design, it is weird, the claw coming out of her foot. Right. So maybe they did move it. Like to they said, hey, yeah, let's give her his claw set up. You know, I mean, that's, I don't know, I'm fishing, but. Hey, the movies have all have made lots of changes. Remember, oh, yeah. Saber, Sabretooth is now Wolverine's brother in, yeah. in that universe. So, Which is funny because you could tell the Marvel comics is kind of like. Yeah, we'll forget that. We won't really publish that too much. <laughs> uh, they did that in, I think, X-Men Evolution, the cartoon, also. Really? I'm wow. pretty sure they did. I'm glad I missed that episode, then. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't even think... I, I didn't really even watch that series. I just remember seeing that particular part. Uh, other than that... Oh, Mira. They they dropped pictures of Mira in the Justice yeah, League. Yeah, we totally have Aquawoman. So, yeah. You know? Well, this, not that's her name, but, but you know, that's how you're going to look at it. The queen of Atlantis yeah. is Aquaman's queen. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, and I have to say, Amber Heard looks great in the Mira outfit. It does. It looks good. Like, I mean, that is a very, it's a very spot on adaptation. You know, I mean, usually in the comics, the, the, it looks more like a swimsuit. In the movie pictures there, it looks more like an armor, but uh, yeah. eh, it's a good translation. You know, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Because we've seen some where you're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> One could say Harley Quinn. <laughs> One could also say the Flash's outfit. <laughs> That's true, too, yeah. Flash, I remember, didn't really run around in a Power Ranger gear. <laughs> Uh, all right, you know that's uh, I think it's a pretty good sen- sense of the news and what's going on out there right now. We also, well, you particularly put out a a uh, post on on Facebook for the rest of our listeners. Yeah, so I, I wanted to get us active, and I wanted to get myself active. So I was thinking about comic books, and you know, like obviously we all share. Well, we love the books too much. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. I mean, we do. I mean, these books drastically affect us. And there was a summer. And it was funny because even my, my friend who owns her comic shop, FanQuest Diane, she even felt bad for me because that year they literally tackled my two favorite characters. Uh, the miniseries The Final Night came out where they killed Hal Jordan. And then, like, literally a couple months later, they had X-Men The Twelve where they killed off Cyclops. And I was just like, why am I coming here? You know, like, oh, man. And so, but anyways, I remember reading that, the, the death, you know. And, I mean, granted, yes. At this point of my, my, my Hal Jordan fandom, I've watched him die like two times, you know. But this one, you knew this was like the death he wasn't coming back. And so they put out this Final Night Parallax number one special. And I remember reading it, and it is exactly that. Like, you know, he goes and visits everybody for the last time. And you're just like, oh, he's getting too much press. And this is, you know, <laughs> that story where you're, you're facing it. And then finally the next week, the Final Night number four came out. And I remember reading it, and... It was very heartfelt, you know, because you have Pharaoh Lad, part of the Legion of Superheroes, and, you know, at first they devise this rocket, and they're going to go in and, and basically find a way to, to kill the Sun Eater, and so Superman's like, well, I'll go. I'm the guy who's got to do this because I'm Superman, but Superman's powerless because there is no sun right now, and so 
you know, Pharaoh's just like, screw it, I'm going to sneak in there and do it, you know, because if I die, who's going to care, you know? And then, of course, you know, Hal Jordan shows up and, you know, Batman's like, no, I don't trust him. I'm Batman, you know? And that's literally what it says. And, um, you know, Hal's like, I don't care. I'm going to do what needs to be done. And he does it. And it was just really great because as he's, like, doing what he needs to do, he's also reciting the Green Lantern Oath, you know, in Brightest Day and Blackest Night. And it was just like... Wow, that's awesome. And, you know, I mean, he dies and it led to some stuff. Um, but it was, you know, it was a tragic death for me. I just remember being like deeply impacted by it. And I mean, you know, having read comics for a while, we see characters. Well, there used to be a time where death meant something. Um, <laughs> and it was scary because at that point I didn't know what was going to happen. So that was a death that touched me. So I thought, well, let me throw it out there to the other fans and see what they have to say. Yeah, I've seen as how. Uh I think the biggest rule in the two companies for the longest time was you never bring back Jason Todd and you never bring back Bucky Barnes. Yep. And well, Uncle Ben made the cut. <laughs> that's good. Has he been brought back? I mean, um, I know he's been brought back a month for or like, two. issues and stuff, but he's never been brought back to the way like Jason Todd and Give it a couple. Uh, he's, the, uh, he's the winter uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Um, you know, that. yeah, that was I, – I don't – think i ever re- i read i didn't read that when it first came out but yeah. i have read final night since then and yeah it's a uh for me i you know unfortunately when i started reading comic books my my green lantern was kyle i mean i i'm a big kyle fan so reading final night retroactively uh i've i've come to have to feel for hal jordan in that in that particular moment yeah uh but you know it did lead to eventually Kyle becoming an ion because he took that power that was yeah. in the sun. Well, I mean, it, it's funny because, like, so the whole saga from Emerald Twilight all the way to Rebirth is 10 years. It's oh. 10 freaking years. <laughs> so Green Lantern fans had their hearts just mangled for 10 years until finally Jeff Johns was like, I'm going to have this panel where they shake hands and they're both Green Lantern. Yay! <laughs> and it was tough. You know, I mean, everybody was like playing a different role. Alan Scott was known as the Sentinel and he used to wear a different costume then finally went to his Golden Age costume. Mm-hmm. Um, Guy Gardner was the warrior and he had his alien powers where he could make weapons out of his body. <laughs> John Stewart became the Dark Star, and he was basically like an offshoot of the Green Lanterns. And then, you know, in battle, he was paralyzed. And, you know, Kyle was the Green Lantern, which eventually, like, leveled him up to being Ion, which was a great story in of itself, you know. Because I enjoyed it. I, I, think it. I think it helped ease the wound of Parallax, because you, you see that. It's like, well, yeah, what would you do if you were given this power, you know? And then that's, that's the toughest part is because Green Lantern's all about willpower, but the hardest thing to face is free will. Yeah. And I just thought that was perfect for characters like Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner to go through. They understand it way better. So, yeah, I mean, it, it obviously it led to a lot of great stories that finally culminated. So it's funny looking back now, you're like, oh, yeah, they must have totally had this all planned. <laughs> no, no, but I'm glad didn't. it worked out in the end. <laughs> no, as, as we've gone on to read more comic books, we know they didn't have any of that planned yeah. <laughs> until the, the couple months before it came out. Um. So mine, well, I guess you'd have to take into account that I was a huge fan of Young Justice. I think I was there at the very beginning, and I'm talking about the comic book people, not the TV show. <laughs> I mean, I I grew to enjoy the TV show, but it was nothing like the comic book. Yeah, so, the comic was very special. The, you know, the original three people in that mm, yep. from a planet, I think it was called uh, Planet Without Grown Ups. 
world, world without, without adults. World without adults. Yeah, okay. World without adults. Our so world you, without grown-ups. But yeah, that JLA mini. Yeah. Two two prestige issues. <laughs> it was and look what it birthed. It was amazing. Is Tim Drake, Robin. Yep. Uh, Bart Allen, Flash, or Bart Allen, Impulse, Impulse. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, Connell, Connell, Connor Kent, Superboy, yeah. the the clone of Superman, and the three of them come together and they just. They kind of create their own team, and then from that you get then you then you got Wonder Girl and uh, Arrowette and uh, Secret and uh, one more. I don't think I think that was it for that the first team, but then eventually yeah. it grew bigger, and then eventually they had Graduation Day. They became oh, the Teen Titans. Graduation Day was such a sad story. <laughs> it was. I mean. They actually killed off some characters in that Donna little bit. Troy. Yeah. She was blown to bits by a Superman robot. And, and I mean, that's the original Wonder Girl. Yeah. That, what did she be? Would she end up being called after she wasn't Wonder Girl anymore? Well, she became a dark star also. And then she was Troya for a little while. Like, that's the, the, the funny thing about her. It's the running gag because when she was first created. So the, the way it was in the wacky Silver Age. Um, they just did comic books where it's like, well, you know, what if Wonder Woman was a girl? And they had Wonder Girl, kind of like how Superboy was. Right. So Superboy grew up to become Superman. Wonder Girl grew up to be Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. And then when they pitched the idea for the first Teen Titans book, you had, you know, it was just the boys. And then it's like, well, we got to put a, you know, we need a female character in there. Well, let's just take Wonder Girl. Yeah, Wonder Girl's not a character, though. <laughs> you know, so they were just like, well, we'll make her a character. Uh, Donna Troy. There you go. Yay. <laughs> well, it's funny in reading... Uh uh, the Judas contract, you know, they have a little bit of the of her, not her origin, but just she kind of talks to Tara about it, and she's like, well, I'm actually the stepsister of uh, Wonder Woman, you know, so that's why I have powers, too, and I didn't get to stick around on Themyscira, I went on little adventures, so it was, it was kind of interesting. We'll get to that more in the Judas yeah, contract. They had too. to piecemeal it all together <laughs> again. Ten years later, it seems like they knew what they were doing. <laughs> uh, and th- so, what I'm getting at eventually is that you know, towards the end of that that particular New Teen Titans book, uh, you, you had uh, Impulse now being Kid Flash. And- oh God! Well, you even remember the first opening arc of Teen Titans, Deathstroke caps him right in the right knees. in the knee. Yeah. And that's you know, when he, be, yeah, he stopped being impulse, and he, he and became, became Kid, Flash. Kid Flash because he, he kind of grew, grew up. Oh, he yeah. grew up. Yeah, he sat there and he read the whole library, the whole he San Francisco yeah. library. And, I, and and like I'm glad you brought that series because that is it's so and it's funny because that's that's Jeff Johns, right? Mm-hmm. God, that uh, thank you. <laughs> I know we probably we don't go a podcast without mentioning his name, but you know, thank you for everything. I think he was very you influential know? in a lot of our our comic book reading. Oh god, yeah, and I mean that was because like I never really picked up Teen Titans, and I'll be honest with you, I think I picked that up more for the art. Because do you remember who the artist was on those? Uh, well, I Mike McCone, maybe. I, I know the covers were Michael Turner, yeah. or a couple of them. But um, it was just it was beautiful, yeah, because they were Turner covers, and I think it was Mike McCone was the artist. And but yeah, you did you watch those characters grow up, and they went through some crazy stuff. I mean, all of them, and you know, graduation day was already rough. And then now Teen Titans is just as, you know, because even like back when Cyborg was a Teen Titan, he was kind of like, nope, you don't get the right to be a Titan until I say so. Right. You know, so he was their tough drill instructor. I mean, it was it was something to watch them grow and become even more of a unit and a family than they were before. And uh, so, I mean, and towards the end of that series is when we had uh Superboy come to learn that his other half of his DNA that wasn't Superman was actually Lex Luthor. Yeah. And Lex had actually put in a 
uh, hidden word that would trigger him to kind of go evil, you know? So uh, when that happened, Superboy was having a real crisis of conscience, you know? Like, he, oh, yeah. he knew that he couldn't be trusted. And he couldn't be around the people that he loved because he was also having a, a blossoming relationship with uh, Wonder, Wonder Girl. Cassie Sesmark, right? Sandsmark. Yeah. yeah. So it was obviously, uh, you know, him growing up for for basically the perpetual boy, the perpetual teen boy. He That's had to right, because up. remember since a youth, everybody became an adult except him. Except for him because of his weird genetics. Yeah. So he, it's almost like he would never be able to grow, but he matured, I guess yeah. is the better way. So we get to Infinite Crisis, and he ma- he's the one. Because, you know, obviously, in uh, if you had the word crisis, someone's got to make that sacrifice. Uh, yeah, you and always have the- to kill in crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the one that, that made that, that, uh, that sacrifice in, in the book. And you have Cassie kind of in the, the, the lowest lane pose over the Superboy body yeah. from Death to Superman. That's good. I didn't even think about the image that way. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? In that era, in that story, you know who was supposed to bite it? It was going to... Oh, go ahead. I remember, you got it? No, I remember you told me, but I don't remember who it is. It was Nightwing. They That's were going right. to kill Nightwing. And everybody lobbied because like Dan Didio was like, yeah, we're going to kill Nightwing. And everybody was like, <laughs> what are you, crazy? Don't kill Nightwing. And I mean, he got shot and that was where Batman like literally drew the gun on Alexander Luther and was like, I'm out of freaking kill you you know um but yeah he was gonna be the death and so it would have been it would have been major but obviously they were like well okay we'll slide it over and so superboy took one for the bat team there you i mean yeah i i i guess you can get rid of one more super powered person it's better than getting rid of a regular guy that you know i, I imagine there probably are a lot more people that are fans of nightwing than there are of superboy but Someone has to go. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like, uh, we forget, like, because obviously Nightwing is going to be very influential about the story we're talking about today with the Judas contract. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people forget it's Dick Grayson. So, I mean, he's been around since 1940. That's true. You know, a lot of people think, oh, no, he Nightwing, he's an 80s character. No, there was, <laughs> there was 40 years of pixie boots and little shorts before that, you know, before he got cool. <laughs> there was the disco collar. <laughs> there was the disco collar, which... Makes its appearance in Judas contract. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, so th- that would be my death. It was Superboy's death in Infinite Crisis. I thought uh, right after Infinite Crisis, you had one year later where you know you got to see a lot of the ramifications of that, especially yeah. with Cassie, who kind of kind of went off the deep end. Yeah, she, she became very dark because wasn't she like at that point like really being powered by Ares? Right, she so, was being powered by Ares, and then she's looking for all these <coughs> new these um, like ways to try and either bring back uh superboy or hidden messages or seeing that she's not he's not actually dead like that's right i forgot about that yeah so everybody was like oh you're just being crazy (laughs) there's no hope here and then eventually tim drake and her kind of console each other enough because superboy is supposed to be tim drake's best friend and you know that's her boyfriend you know and kind of the classic best friend widow storyline from Pearl movies Harbor. and TV. yeah kind of thing they, they kind of end up together yep, that's until right. uh he kind of comes three back worlds. yeah until he comes back and then they're like uh what do we tell him <laughs> this just got awkward <laughs> uh but we also had daniel who i mentioned earlier from the televised rogues podcast also wrote in he said for him it's always a tie between two robins damian wayne and jason todd because Bruce felt helpless both times and blames himself for both those deaths. Now, I have 
seen the panels from Death in a Family where uh-huh. Jason Todd dies, but I have never actually read or seen the panels for Death of the Family. Where well, no, Amy- this one was just it was the death of Robin. Oh, okay, because yeah, we, we so at the time DC had, and that was that was very rough for uh, both. Well, for the Bat books because yeah, they had just come off the. The, the story for the, the new 52 Batman line of books, Batman, Batgirl, Robin, and all this stuff, new Teen Titans, and it was Death of the Family. And so basically, like, Joker's win was the fact that he broke them up because they got to a point where they couldn't trust Bruce. And, you know, then it's like two comics later, and then, bam, we have Death of Robin. Straight up, just Death of Robin. And, and that was a tough one because it was all, I think at the time, Pete Tomasi was writing the Batman and Robin book, the post-New 52 one. And that book was great because it was really developing the father-son relationship between Dick and Damien. Or, sorry, Bruce and Damien. And to see him just straight up die, to see what Bruce was going through. And, you know, at the time, you didn't know what was going to happen, you know. Um, and it was, it was rough, too, because, you know, the way, he, the way he dies, it's crazy. You know, actually, no, I think I'm, I think I'm a little bit off here. It was Batman... Um, Grant Morrison killed him. Grant Morrison killed him. That's right, because it was Grant Morrison who created him. And then when he left the Batman books, he was just like, yeah, let's kill him. Um, it was the, oh, man, it, it was some fancy word. Wait, shouldn't he, wait, don't I remember reading Batman uh, 666 where it's supposed to be the future and, and there's Damien? Damien. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So wait, where is that future at? It's in the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, it was uh, Batman. It was the the culmination of Grant Morrison's eight-year run on Batman, which is crazy. And yeah, and actually, because yeah, it was Pete Tomasi was the guy who picked up the baton after. Mm. And he was the one who wrote the books dealing with Batman and the Bat Family loss. I guess that's a good question. How do you feel, like, if they have plans to kill off a character and if it's at all possible should they bring back the writer that created that character to let them kill him off you know it's tough because i know you love symmetry i do i do and i mean like okay because like okay speaking perfectly of that so little known fact um the man or whatever happened to the man of tomorrow right so basically killing of you know the, the post-crisis superman you know who was going to originally write that? Who? It was Jerry. It was the writer of the Siegel and Schuster group. I think it was Jerry. It was Schuster. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Yeah, I think Joe Schuster. I think he was the artist, right? Yeah. So Jerry Siegel was the writer. They were actually going to get him to come back and write it. Oh. And he was all set to do it. But, that's but when the... scheduling, just something goofy happened and they couldn't get him there. Oh. So that's when Alan Moore was like, I write it or I kill you to, you know, Julia Schwartz. Because Alan Moore would do it. Yeah, he's crazy. It's his beard. You know, it's like the symbiote. And I think that's neat. And I wish, like, I wish somewhere they could find his scripts and just put the book out there anyways. Um, I mean, you know, we don't always have to have stories be told in continuity. Sometimes you can just get a story and accept it for what it is. Um, so, I mean, it is kind of impressive when characters do it, but at the, or when creators do that. But, I mean, then we look at the, you know, the Death of Superman that we're familiar with, and that was all Dan Jurgens. So, I mean, he did a great job with it. I mean, well, I don't want to say it was all him. I mean, it was obviously the 90s Superman right, team. Right. But, I mean, he was the one who wrote that issue. So, I, I'm not, like, I mean, it, it doesn't, I guess for me, ultimately, it's when it's good story. because He's, he's one of those names that, Dan Jurgens is a name, like, when you think of Superman writers, he's one of the names oh, that are yeah. up there. His art, his Superman art is, like, my favorite. 
You know, like I just I love when he drew Superman. I I love when he draws anything. Like if I if I can get a book and I've got Dan Jurgens writing it or drawing it or doing both, I'm excited. You know, like I mean, he's a guy who created Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously as he honed his craft and got better, the second time he came back to Booster Gold with uh, Cats and Johns, oh, that was an amazing book. So, I mean, like, would I prefer that they go in with an action plan and, yeah, the writer is, you know, the guy who starts the character and ends the character? Sure. I think it's neat. I mean, I was talking with a former buddy of mine, and, you know, he's one of those people who's like, Watchmen is the ultimate comic ever. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you have 12 books. You have 12 books. It goes in with a start. It goes in with a finish. And you have no other writer or artist to come in and dilute the book. I mean, how many times have we read our favorite characters and they have a guest writer or a guest artist? You're like, oh, I'm stomaching through these two or three issues because I'm trying to keep the set, you know. And that sucks because and, – and then it's funny because even when they come back years later and they do the collected editions, they always drop those issues. You know, they always drop them because <laughs> they, they, they made no sense. It was just filler. Right, right. We have to put a book on the stands. This is what we're going to do to our fans. And so, I mean, I, long story short, no, it doesn't bug me if the original writer can come back or not. Um, because I'm not a Damien fan. I, I could care less about the character. Um, but, you know, it, Pete Tomasi did some really good stuff with it. So what it gave us was worth it. You know, Jason Todd. Oh, man, Ed Brubaker coming in and giving us, you know, the Red Hood, you know, Robin, Jason Todd. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, how it happened, no, got way too convoluted. <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing, you know. But it was just awesome stuff. And plus, you know, that's where that's where I got my symmetry because it's like the dead Robin's back, dead Bucky's back. Boom. Do these characters think, are awesome. Do you think that when they did <coughs> when uh, they did the Hush storyline, it was Jeff Loeb and uh, Jim Lee, right? Yep. When they did that and they had so many hints and allusions to the fact that Hush was actually going to be Jason Todd, do you think that was them just putting out feelers to see if people would want to see Jason Todd come back? I could say that now after the fact. Yeah, because I mean, like at the time when I was reading it, it that's a tough call. Uh, I imagine they threw it out there, be like, "Hey, let's let's put this out there, let's see." Because fan reaction was amazing. Fan reaction was so amazing that people are kind of pissed that that's not the actual story. That it's like, no, that wasn't. Hush should have been Jason Todd, not this Tommy Elliot. You know, like, who the hell? The hell who the hell is Tommy Elliot? You know, like that's just an implant. And even, even the, the 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 older Jason Todd that we end up getting is actually just uh, Clayface. You know, and yeah, the, yeah that, that was weird. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I could kind of see that where it's almost like. All right, hey, you know, let's let's talk, let's try this out there. Let's you know mention let let's put Jason Todd out there. Let's bring some of the guilt back. Let's draw those panels again, and let's see how bananas fans go. And fans loved the idea to the point, like I said, they were depressed that it wasn't the actual thing. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like okay, we know there's a market. Let's do it. Let's go bananas. Let's do this. You know, and it was worth it. So, like a lot of uh, comic book readers uh, from the '90s. Uh, as you and I are, uh, I know you read Wizard Magazine. Yes. And Wizard Magazine always had their uh, who would win in a fight between Marvel and DC characters, right? I love those because they would really, like, they'd get a hot artist and commission them to draw the actual stuff. Yeah. The other other thing, the other uh, ongoing segment I always liked in that was casting, the Mm -hmm. casting of a a thing. But but I always remember one particular who would win was uh, Jason Todd versus Bucky Barnes. And they just whoever the artist was just drew two dead body skeletons yeah, just, just sitting, sitting on there. a field, uh, and, and I think this is the story was like neither they're both dead. <laughs> yep. Well, it's so funny how the comics 
have changed, like what characters are important, what characters are not important. Because yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, like I was, we were talking before we started recording and I was like, I actually felt sad when I saw the original death of Bucky, you mm-hmm. know, Avengers number four, I, I felt sad because that was one of the first comics I read. So here I discovered this new character and they're taken away in one issue. I was like, oh, man. And, you know, I enjoyed it when Bucky was there. Like, I always was like, oh, he's such a great character. You know, he wasn't this goofball that he was always portrayed as. Right. Um, But, yeah, like, he was dropped. Um, That era of Batman comics, I was actually reading those. Um, I remember how sad I was. I couldn't, I didn't have enough money to phone call to call and vote. Mm. But I remember reading it. I remember seeing the ads, and I desperately wanted to call to save Jason Todd. And, and I felt bad because I failed. I was like, I couldn't even scratch the, you well, know. Well, see, this how it wasn't too many votes that made it so oh. that, he, that he died. You yeah. should feel bad. No, <laughs> no, I think that's an I have I, the glass memorial case <laughs> in my room, too. I think that's, uh, you know, it was important. I think that was a, a big stepping stone in in the Batman universe. I mean, his first child sidekick or teen sidekick outgrew him became his own person yep. this one ends up dying oh, so he, he he does he says i'm not bringing i'm not taking another teen with me on these adventures yep. what what kind of idiot am i you know what am i thinking and then you have the kid that comes along and says oh i figured it out i know who you are i know you're batman and you're just like all right let's throw a robin suit on you let's let's see what you can do yeah. then well and that was that was such a great era um yeah, because it's like if you get a chance, read Batman four hundred four to like four fifty, you know, and then if you can put all the little stuff in there, the Killing Joke, you know, um, um, Batman Year Two that happened over in Detective Comics, and there's a couple others, but this this arc, if you read this this chapter of Batman's life, it's basically like Batman's Year One through Eight all wrapped up nicely for you and yeah it was like right after jason todd died batman was horrible i mean he was running around like there'd be blood in panels like it'd be his blood or he'd beat the hell out of somebody and he just became so violent and tim drake yeah tim drake's just sitting there like taking pictures he's like i figured it out and you know he just shows up at dick grayson's circus one day and he's like hey you need to come back bruce is losing it and dick's just like what the heck get out of here creepy kid on your bicycle like what is this and bam he gets it's the full-on endorsement Why is by it Alfred. Why so much you like know? me now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it's funny because if you actually – his first appearance – so a lot of people always want to think uh, Tim Drake's first appearance was when the, the Lonely Place of Dying started, which, by the way, it's a trade, and it's crazy cheap. Go and buy it. It's a great story. Um, but his actual first appearance – and it was funny because the thing about Jason Todd was when he was first created, he literally was a ripoff of Dick Grayson. He was a blonde-haired acrobat whose parents were killed during um, a circus performance, and they were killed by Killer Croc. And uh, he wore this weird Robin outfit, and then people didn't like it, so they put him back in the original Robin costume and dyed his hair black. So that way the media wouldn't know that Robin changed. Right. And that's why at the beginning of the Judas contract we see Dick Grayson quit because he's like, oh, there's a new Robin, so I'm going to let it go. And it wasn't because one died or anything like that. It was because that's what the books decided. Right. And you're just kind of like, okay. And then the crisis happened, and they were like, "We got to give this kid a way better origin. We got to make him more dimensional." And so that's where they, you know, the famous he was the kid stealing the the, the wheels off the Batmobile. He grew up in uh, Crime Alley in the slums of Gotham City, so you know he was always just a rebel hothead. And I mean, those comics of the '80s were great because there was a story where there was this diplomat's son, and he's raping and beating women. 
And so Robin finds out that he, you know, attacked this girl. And Robin goes to the diplomat. So he's like, you do anything to this guy, I will personally kill you. And Batman's like, back off. You, we don't do that. You don't act that way. And sure enough, the girl actually dies. And Robin's pissed because he's like, we could have saved her life. We could have done something. And you, with your stupid moral code, stopped us. So he takes the diplomat's son and he takes him onto a rooftop. And he's basically threatening him. And so in the far distance, Batman sees this. So he starts, you know, using his ropes to get over there. And all of a sudden, the diplomat's son fell to his death. And he's looking at Robin. He's like, did you push him? And Robin's just kind of like looking at him with this big smile. He's like, he fell. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, dirty bird. Whoa. <laughs> this, this guy. Like, and, and Robin became a dick. You know, he was either a whiner or he was just a, you know, a punk. And so they took it too far to the point where they had to get rid of this character. So anyways, they did the story arc called Batman Year 3, which was the, uh, the, the, the newest, the older, newer origin <laughs> of Dick Grayson and why he became Robin. And it's funny because the day when he's at the circus, he's talking with his parents. And he's like, yeah, we're going to do all this fun stuff. We're going to go see a baseball game. And then the Drake family just happens to be there. And they're like, oh, could you take a picture with our son? <laughs> yeah, little Timmy. He loves acrobats. <laughs> and so you've got Dick Grayson posing, holding Tim Drake on his knee, and they take a picture. And it's like, oh, that's why you're going to like this Robin, because he's got the seal of approval from <laughs> Dick Grayson. <laughs> Jason Todd didn't have that. That's why he's dead. <laughs> that's why he's the forgotten no yep. he's never forgotten alright uh, well that kind of brings us into the Judas contract as, as you said because you have uh, Dick Grayson now at the, at the very beginning in the story he's he's kind of like well I guess I guess you have two big announcements you have uh, the you have the kid flash saying look I'm kind of losing some of my my speed. It's it's going away. I'm I want his powers weren't reliable at the time. You know, he's like, yeah, I can only break the speed of sound or something <laughs> like that. You know, so I want to go back to college and I'm going to give up my position on the Teen Titans. And everybody's like, oh, that's terrible, but we love you anyways. And then Robin comes out and he's like, you know what? I have an announcement to make too. I'm not going to be Robin anymore. And everybody's freaking out. Like, <laughs> you could just see, like, I wish they had a thought bubble for Wally just looking at him like, fuck you, dick. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of does. He's like, oh, man, I guess they all kind of care more about dick than me, but that's okay. And But then they're like, you know, because he's in the relationship with Star Sapphire at the time. Not Star Starfire. Sapphire. Starfire, sorry. He's like, she's like, what? You're, you're quitting the Titans? This is not good. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm still going to be a Teen Titan. I'm just... Yeah, I just don't just have a name be, right now. I'm not going to be Robin. But he's kind of... He kind of takes this whole, like, not on the team spot, though. Like, maybe he's there for... Uh, well, he's like the field leader on the phone, you know. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Exactly. So he, yeah, he puts he puts uh, Donna on <laughs> as field leader, and uh, so. But then that's also the day that they're making the announcement that Tara Tara Ko- Markova or Markov yeah. is is now the, well, she's newest, the newest member. <laughs> so you have Cyborg, uh, Raven, Raven, uh, Beast Boy. Well, he, not Beast Boy. He, 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 he calls him Changeling. Okay, right. <laughs> you want to get attacked? I know, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Starfire, Donna Troy, and Dick Grayson mm-hmm. are on the team, and uh, the whole idea is that Tara, who also her her name is Tara, yeah. <laughs> like I'm the Chris. <laughs> she has well, she has the the. This is almost the same powers as her brother, who's yeah, Geoforce. The geomorph, the ge- geomorph powers where they can right. move the planet and stuff like but, that. But uh, as she's training with 
or I guess more sparring with Deathstroke, he's like, she's way more powerful than Geoforce. Oh, yeah. She's able to bring up lava from continents away and stuff. Uh, she is she is there basically to betray the Teen Titans. Yep, she's his little stoogie. And and it's it like as it's revealed later in the story that he didn't recruit her. She came looking for him, right? Because she is so crazy and hates heroes so much. She just wants to kill the Teen Titans. Like she has no reason to hate them. You know, no. It's reason. not like they screwed over her country or her, or even you know. They've done nothing but love and accept her, and but yeah, you're right. She just has this sickness in her. It's like I hate good people. <laughs> I hate them so much. <laughs> and uh, so she, throughout the whole story, you just see her like collecting more and more information, giving it back to Deathstroke, and uh, you know, he, he even she. They, they say she's a 16-year-old girl in the, in, the, in the book. Yeah, so this is the part where the story takes a little bit of a dark twist. <laughs> and Deathstroke is definitely having sex with her. Yeah. I mean, this is 84. It still should be bad. <laughs> it should always be bad. Well, right, but I mean, like, yeah, no, it's I not the Middle you. Ages, yeah. you know, or something. Uh, that's It's just ugh, creepy. Like... <laughs> People who like Deathstroke now should think about that. <laughs> Joe Manganiello is going to hear this po- this podcast and be like, what the hell did I just sign on to play? Hey, what did I say when, when he posted that picture of him doing research of Deathstroke? I said, why is there no Judas contract in there? And now Maybe we that's why. why. Yep, didn't, DC didn't want him to remember that. <laughs> so, my, my character is awesome. He's honorable. Well, there's this one moment. <laughs> so... Uh, which is also another great thing, but is Deathstroke in this gets a lot of origin. Yeah, this is where, so like, okay, these books were like the 40s, right? So um, when Deathstroke first appears, it's actually the, the, the I forget his son's name, the Ravenger? Yeah, the Ra- yeah Ravenger, the, yeah. So he's the first one to come on. So, you know, he's got basically, it looks like the Deathstroke costume. Mm-hmm. He's got both eyes, obviously, and all this stuff. And he goes to tackle the Titans. And I want to say, like, it's issue Hive. three. Yeah. Like, and he took on a contract. On, yeah. yeah. And so, like, it's like issue three or something, like, is his first appearance. And then, like, he dies in battle or the Hive kills him or something. And so Deathstroke, you know, being Mr. Uber military honorable guy is like, I will honor my son's contract. And so he's the one who's like, I will destroy the Teen Titans. And, you know, you don't know anything except that. And then, yeah, these issues, like especially that that annual issue when, like, everything hits the fan. We meet Jericho for the first time, who's the mute son, uh, the mute mutant son or, you know, yeah, basically whatever you want to call, you know, metahuman son of Deathstroke. You meet Deathstroke's wife. You understand his military service, how he got his powers. And it was just, like, revelations. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I wish... I, I wish I was older when those books came out because could you imagine the fan talk that was going on? You know, like, oh my god, did you know that Deathstroke was this? You know, well, it's very it was, similar to uh, Captain America. Yeah, like, I mean, he's this he's this army guy who's very good at what he does. Uh, a female captain takes on you know a very much a a Sharon a, Carter, yeah, yeah. A very or Peggy Government Carter, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Peggy would be better. It would you know takes on his uh, his whole like idea of him being the best soldier that he could be and then eventually they give him this experimental drug which was supposed to be a way for him to resist uh, truth serum yeah, by, by pumping up his amazing. adrenaline and stuff yeah but apparently yeah it gave him faster reflexes you know better strength healing and stuff like that and slow age but 
uh, all of this stuff made it so that he uh, had more of a will to kill, not will kill will, but more of a desire to kill, I guess. And then uh, they they kind of put him behind a, a desk because they're like, well, we don't understand what's going on with you. He wants to go out and he goes to save his what we know now is his butler Wintergreen. But yeah. at the time was a, a captain in the British Army. Yeah, it got CEO, captured. Yeah. yeah, he he wanted like the whole whole fact was that Wintergreen saved him back in the day. He goes to save Wintergreen, and that was the birth of Deathstroke, the Terminator. And we hear all this from Adeline, his <coughs> his wife, the mother of of Joseph Wilson and Grant Wilson. Right, or Joseph we now know as Jericho. Uh, who you know because of the fact that he was conceived Kid. after uh, w- Gr- Slade got the injection or whatever got his powers. Joseph has powers. He has this power to when he makes eye contact with you, he can and now steal possess your, your body. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Well, and even why he was mute. So because Deathstroke became a term, or uh, Slade became a, a contract mercenary. You know, and and so people were getting mad at him, so they attack his family. They've got his son. They've got the, the knife to his throat, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna kill your boy." And he's like, "Okay, don't do anything." Boom, sucker! You know, and they do slice the boy's neck. That's where he lost his eye. Mm-hmm. Well, his and his then, wife shoots him. Adeline. That's him. right. Yeah, you're she's right. so pissed off at him that he took the chance of trying to kill the guy before he would slice. Uh, Joseph's yeah, throat. Like he's still like you took a risk on our kid. Right. Doesn't matter how good you are. You don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so she pulled the gun out. That's right. And I forgot. Him and took his eye out, and that was the best that she could do. Even yeah. though she's the one that somewhat trained. Yeah, she helped Destro. create what yeah. he became. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, it was really good for that. Like the rest of it, I know we've we've kind of talked off off podcast about how it's a lot of dialogue about what's going on in the panel when yeah. we already see what's going on in the panel and. Like, but when it does hit its story elements, oh yes, oh it's beautiful, right? Yes, the, yeah. the yeah, they actually yeah, it's it is, and you can see why it's one of the more the most popular Teen Titan story. You know, yeah. oh, it, there's so much. Well, again, it's it's funny because like when you look at stuff like okay, you're a Young Justice fan, so the fans that would have predated you would have been the Titan fans, and this book is where growth happens. You know, it's the first time they're betrayed by one of their own. You know, Dick Grayson steps up and becomes Nightwing, which is a big moment in the DC Universe. So there's actual growth. You know, there's consequences. Because, like, like I don't know if they've done a good job of the collected editions, but it's like you should actually read some of the books that fall out of this. Uh, there's a big trial. There's um, you know, Changeling is finally, he has his confrontation with Deathstroke. And, I mean, this story's been pivotal to the point where I was going to mention this at the end, but I'm going to mention it now. Do you remember years ago, it was right before Final Crisis, and they put out a book called DC Universe, Last Will and Testament? Yes. This is That book's an unofficial sequel to this. Wow. And that book was like, what, you know, 2010, something like that? You know, give or take three years? So that was its, like, its spiritual successor because that's where we finally have Geoforce go after Deathstroke. Right, like, I remember. You did this to my sister. It's in an alleyway. And, yeah, and the two of them are just kind of staring down at each other. Yeah, and then that's when Deathstroke's like, your sister chose to do this. And, oh, such an epic battle. And, right, yeah. because the, at the end of the book, you still have, uh, you have Changeling or Beast Boy, you know, sitting there com- very convinced that you know, Terror yeah. could not have done this on her own. She was, she was, she was a good person. She was, yeah. she was changed by Deathstroke. You know, because he loved her, and it wasn't her fault. And then they never told Geoforce 
that it was his his sister was the one that was the evil one. They yep. they gave her a proper hero yeah, they barrel. Let her die a hero. They yeah, let her die. Like, oh no! It turns out no, she was okay after all. She was one of us. Yeah. So and, very yeah, it's very strange and and yeah, very much you know the the dawn of a new age for these these sidekick heroes. The sidekick I put in quotes because that's where how they started off. They were yep, supposed to be the sidekick. The, yeah, the throwaways or whatnot, the secondaries, and now you're just like. <laughs> Wow, they're making some adult decisions here. Yeah, very much. And then, as we said earlier, uh, this is when we get Nightwing. We because we got he was Robin, and at at one point he has he's the last one standing because Deathstroke left him to be the last one to, to capture because he thought he'd be the easiest to, to capture because yep. he didn't have any powers. Yeah, but of course, you know, Dick Grayson being trained by Batman or with his own prowess of being you know who he is was able to escape Deathstroke. But now he had to come up with a name. He had to come up with a costume because Dick Grayson can't go into Hive and save his friends. Yep. He had a, a costume, to, and Robin couldn't do it because he already gave up Robin. Yep. So he pulls this costume out of the bottom underneath his bed that he's been putting together, <laughs> and he and he has this little like little monologue about like I've been running away from Batman. I don't know why, but I have to accept the fact that I am part of Batman. Batman is part of me. Yeah. So I'm going to keep a little bit of him and I'm going to take something else from another teacher, another mentor of mine, Superman. Superman told me this story that he once took the name Nightwing from a hero from his childhood on Krypton. And that's what I'm going to that's who I am. I'm a, 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 going to be a combination of both of them. Yeah, I thought that was that was such a again, that's the annual uh, annual 3 if you had a chance to score a copy of that, do it. It's a beautiful story if you can score the trade, do it. Uh, because yeah, that page in itself, and it, for me, it's you know, again that's one of my big go-to heroes. But it was like, yeah, it was such an awesome moment because it's like you're right. He was so blinded by you know I hate my dad, mm-hmm. and instead it's like why do I hate him? I should embrace him, and you know I want to embrace the, the the heroics of another friend, and you know I became Nightwing, and it was just oh, it was just so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a cool moment. And and for some reason we have disco collar and gold uh, border <laughs> around the chest. But you know, eventually he gets the now classic Nightwing outfit thank that we know. Goodness, of. yeah, that sleek black <laughs> with the blue trim. Yep, no, thank goodness that uh, that came along. It took a good twenty years, but it. For, but we finally. But got we've it. had it for twenty years. That's the scary part. That's true too. <laughs> uh, all right, and now to our list because we're going to go ahead and cast that whole thing in the Marvel universe. Yep, and. I have to admit now, little disclosure, I cheated a little. <laughs> I cheated a little because I didn't go like... So you tarred this on me, did you? <laughs> I, I tarred this a little bit. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to drop this on everybody. Now, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do my, my lineup first because uh, I, I assume that, that, that Chris did a little a better job with keeping more traditional with the MC Marvel Universe. I went MC2. Ooh, nope, I'm okay with this. I'm totally okay with so this. So if you don't know the, the story, at, uh, basically out of a what if, uh, what if Peter Parker's God, daughter yeah. didn't die What if line, issue 104. Uh, we ha- they, ha- they created a whole new universe of Mayday Parker speed- Spider-Girl. Yep. And from that, they went on to make Anex and J2 and uh, Fantastic Five and... Mm. I don't know if they. I don't know if they actually did the X people, but the X people were. I think they eventually did get a, a mini. But you know what's funny? They also had Wild Thing, which was the first female Wolverine. Right. So you could almost say she was a precursor to like again. <laughs> hey, this Jason Todd idea. Let's sprinkle it out there. Hey, people like a female Wolverine. Let's give them X twenty three. But yeah. Oh God, those books were amazing. Could you imagine Psylocke and Wolverine creating a daughter? 
I only want to imagine half of that equation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's what I went with. I went with um, X or the MC2, and if you read a lot of their stories, we had Anex, which was the next Avengers. We right. had the X People. We had uh, the Fantastic Five. The Fantastic Five, right? So you had the 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 group of that you recognize, but then they went a little bit further, and they yeah, they, they kind of gave them a new name, and like this is the future. So instead of the new warriors, which came out of the warriors, right. I'm going with the infinite warriors. Nice, all right. So uh, basically, in my storyline, uh, you have Mayday Parker is taking on Mayday Parker, Supergirl, Spider Girl is taking on the Dick Grayson storyline, where she doesn't want to be Spider Girl anymore. She doesn't want to be in her father's shadow. Ooh, right. So she's trying to having having this like you know. Conscious, conscious, a crisis of conscience. Sorry, or crisis of identity. Uh-huh. Uh, that feels better. That's better with Spider Man. <laughs> uh, and and she doesn't know where she belongs, so she's help, she helps create this team. And on that team, you have uh, taking the Raven spot of the Teen Titans would be Cylord, Reed Richards, and Stu Storm's son, because. As everybody has said, you know, as the creator of, uh, you know, uh, Heroes Reborn, he's probably one of the most powerful, you know, psychics or, oh my God, you know, yeah. me- His mental abilities out insane, there. Yeah. So he would be on the level of Raven, because Raven is actually super powerful if you can get her at her peak of power. Uh, mainframe would be taken, or Cyborg would be taken by Mainframe. Changeling... Doesn't have a <coughs> direct counterpart, but I put him with J2 because I figure they both have the same uh, mentality. Now, J2 is the son of Juggernaut, Kane Marco. Now, he looks like a normal teen, but then he can kind of Shazam him way, his way into being a Juggernaut by calling down, I guess, the power of the bands of Satarak or whatever. Yeah. So that he kind of changes, but he still has that child mentality that Changeling yeah, he's does. Got that body, boy. but he's got that, right. that soul of a, of a child. Yeah. Um, Wonder Girl being probably the most raw power that they have on the team. Mm-hmm. I went with Wild Thing. I think that the idea of, the, of a, a person with a sight with psychic blades that also has the feral fighting power of Wolverine. I mean, how can that not go one yeah, hand that's in a hand, good right? Fit. Yeah. And Starfire was. You know, very powerful on her own, but also the love interest to Dick Grayson. You know, they were very much in love in this book. They're very much been going out for a year. I kind of gave them, gave Mayday Parker a new love interest. Oh. Earth Sentry, the son of Bill Foster, who got basically the same powers as Marvell. Uh, wow. Because he. I remember he, him now. Okay. There was a, uh, there was a Kree probe that came to Earth and totally, like, overtook his body yeah. gave him gave him Kree powers so that, you know I think maybe that'd be kind of a cool like thing like alien heritage too right exactly yeah. a little bit of alien heritage so now we get to our our villains and I got Deathstroke I put in Crossbones because when I was reading a lot of this Deathstroke storyline that they're throwing in the origin for, right. I got a lot of Captain America in it. And I don't want it. I mean, obviously, Captain America's not a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. But when you read Crossbones, it's... He's the anti-thesis to it, that, yeah. Exactly. He's kind of got a lot of the same origin. He's even born in New York, and he wanted to you know do better, but then kind of wasn't that good of a guy anyway. So yeah. uh, you got Crossbones. Uh, for Hive, we have the Serpent Society. 
they've gone in and they're the ones that want uh, this new Infinite Warriors or to be taken down because they're throwing wrenches in their in their in their plans. Nice. And for Terra, our traitor, our uh, you know secret. I actually threw an American Dream. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa! Shannon Carter, the niece of Sharon Carter. I can't wait to see where this turns into a clone story, man. Oh my goodness! I mean, because okay. if you read the first uh, ANX stories, she's like the she's the the guide at the Avengers Mansion yeah, she Museum. Definitely was good at keeping a secret, right. quote unquote. And know, then yeah. eventually, she you, you come out. She comes out and she's like, Ah, oh, yeah, I'm actually Sharon Carter's niece, and I I, I know how to fight, and I'm, I'm really good and stuff like that, and then. You know the idea that she, eventually Captain America gives her the uh, his shield when right. he dies in the MC two universe. So who better? Who's now you know gotten everybody's approval? She's gotten Captain America oh, to give his shield man. over. Actually, she just really hates heroes because she comes from this line of Carters that have been kind of pushed to the side for Captain America. Yeah. So. Wow, that's going to be a heart-filled... <laughs> Ooh, that's a dagger, man. I like it. And then, uh, for my Adeline, who was the wife of uh, Deathstroke, I, I gave it to another another female villain. I gave it to Madame Mask. Like, I know that she's attached to... Uh, Iron Man, yeah. Well, Iron Man, and then she, and they really put her with uh, Parker Robbins. Yeah, that's right, towards the end there, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but I wanted to make it so that she was, she was with uh, Crossbones at one point to uh, give them a son, the son that will be Jericho. Ooh. And this is the point where I couldn't. I had to fib. I had to. I had to make up something <laughs> because it's MC two, and that was the whole point of MC two. Was like, who? Where are all these? The children of all these superheroes and supervillains? And you know, Madame Mask and Crossbones never had a kid. Because that didn't happen. I right. made that up. But no, but I dig that because that was the exciting part about MC2. Because at first they would introduce this character. And you're like, well, who's this character coming from? You know, like, you know, like, because obviously, like, because that was part of the mystery of Wild Thing at first was like, well, okay, we understand it's it's Wolverine's daughter. Who's the mother? Right. Because they didn't show you that at first. And it's kind of like, oh, man, where's that going to come from? And... So that was the neat mystery of it. So, but every, obviously everything was more hero based. So I dig this because now you're giving me a new character that fits with the protocols of the MC2 publications. So I, that's cool. I'm liking that. That's that's not a fib. That's a creation. I well, dig it. And so I gave him a name. What you got? I gave him contact because that's what Jericho would say whenever he he it actually was, yeah. makes the contact eye contact with his, his victim or whoever he's taking the body taking over the body. So I just called the character contact. All right, I dig that. <laughs> So that's, that's so he's gonna have a horrible face though, right? Because that that fits in his parents. Because that's why Madame Mask wore the mask, and that's why Crossbow wore the mask. So <laughs> no, he, he has to remove the mask, and that's why people stare at him so he can make contact, right? Because we're just looking it. at this train wreck it. of a face. That's what we do. We we help out each other's storyline. Uh, so that would be my Judas contract in the Marvel U or the Marvel or the meet the MC two no, U. I, I like that. Uh, so uh, I, go, I would love I love to hear I know Teen Titans is supposed to have been more of an analog with the X Men. So did- well, but but you you did it right in the regard that you kept it with the next generation though, right? You know, so I I dig that I like that fact that it's still you know because obviously this is going to be like okay for those of you 
And it's tough because the MC2 stuff isn't as collected as it should be. So Marvel, get on that. Um, <laughs> but go hit your dollar bins, your quarter bins, and buy these books. They were amazing because they really did. They dealt with a lot of heartfelt struggle, a lot of growth. Um, and it was cool because at the time, like, anything could happen. Because these were characters that we didn't know what was going to go on. You know, like, I remember, like, I think it was Dark Devil, right? Isn't that what they called mm-hmm. him, that Daredevil? And I was kind of like, whoa, you know, because it kind of seemed like he was Daredevil mixed with Ghost Rider. I was like, all right, cool. And then he ended you know. up being a Riley, like part of the Parker family line. Yeah. He was a Riley, so he's kind of the cousin of Mayday, but then they say genetically he's also a stepbrother. Yeah. So that was what, and it was just crazy because it played out of all this stuff. And I mean, because I remember, I remember buying that what if. Like, I've got that in my, my long boxes somewhere, and that's what's going to pay for my college. <laughs> no, but it's nice. No, but I remember buying that, and I was just like, this book is amazing. And I, they did. They dropped the four books right off the bat J2, A Next. Spider Girl, and I don't think it was Fantastic. Five. I think it was Wild Thing. Wild Thing was the fourth. I book. thought she was the fifth book. Oh, she might have been the fifth. book. Yeah, but but anyway, so they dropped the, the they dropped those books, and you know, being a kid at the time, I couldn't afford all of it. But I remember I bought a next, and I loved it, man. I couldn't put those books down. Right. Like same, the, same here. Those thirteen issues. I mean, that's where we get Hope Van Dyne from, you know. So Hope and the the Avengers. Are in the Ant Man movie. That's where she comes from. You know, now she's Hope Pym, and but I mean, that's where that came from. Where it's like, okay, we're going to take the child of the Ant Man of the Wasp. And, and I know we already had, we already had Cassie Lang, but this was an adult cat, yeah. Cassandra Lang. Oh God, and then Stinger, and then to touch back, like because Eric Masterson, he got a raw deal, so his son. You know, it was his son who, who Kevin took Masterson. over. Kevin Masterson, who took over, and it was just Thunderstrike. Like, oh man, like you felt for it because they really were—they were just hurt characters. And even Mainframe, because at first you're like, "Who is he?" You know, then you turn out to find he's basically Tony Stark AI. You know, he's, yeah, he's Tony. He, he's, you know, Iron Man and Vision put together. Yeah, and it was just oh, it was it was awesome because it's like this is like fresh from the age of amalgams, and like here's Marvel being like, let's amalgam ourselves, ourselves. And, yeah, oh. you're right. That's that's too true. I mean, I loved the amalgam comics, yeah. so this was this was this right was up like, my alley. Yeah, it's a, it was. It was perfect, and and it had, and so obviously you're taking a great story, and you 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 you, you got me because you, you got me right in the feels. You know, you went after a comic series. I love and i dig it you know and i'm excited because like i said i love because they really didn't do too many of the villains that way usually they were kind of like you know oh you know here's here's you know the red skull as a really old man you know no i like this that it's crossbones and madam mask and i think that's cool because you do in a sense you do have a legacy villain in the form of Captain America and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So it's still, you, whether you intended that or not, <laughs> you still created something that ties way into the Avengers, way deep into it. And, you know, again, like, that's what I like about it because those two characters are so narcissistic and twisted that they believe they're doing the right thing. So with them, you know, with their agenda and what they're trying to do, I could totally see that. Like, I mean, it hurts to know that Sharon Carter, American Dream, is going to be the the bad guy in this, but that's what's neat about it is, okay, this is going to be a character that's near and dear and gets taken down. Right. You know, so it's going to have a lasting impact because, I mean, you know, the story after your arc is basically going to be like, should we disband? You know, because that's like finding out Captain America is an agent of Hydra. You know, like this, is like this is nuts. You know, so, dude, I I like that. I think you you took a great idea, um, and I like that you, you took. A, I mean, you stayed in the Marvel U. Yeah, honestly, you didn't cheat. You, you didn't. Um, you, you did exactly what's fantastic about this stuff is you took something and you added to it, and like 
they could seriously come back with like you know a next issue 13 and use your story <laughs> and that would bring everything right back so that's that dude thank you that's a good story i'm liking it you're welcome we, we, we'll go find the people that i think it was what tom defalco that yeah, was tom defalco it? was one of the big guns behind it so hopefully um, if he's listening to us we, we need to hashtag him on this so <laughs> he'll hear this and he'll be like yep i'm, I'm we're getting you we're, we're flying you to marvel marvel right now and you're, you're gonna do this <laughs> well i heard i think i heard that uh mayday parker ended up showing up in one of their the what is the, the probably spider verse i would think spider was it what was the big one where they brought people from different secret wars was it where they brought well people they, from did, different they did they did a cover different... they did a cover i remember they did that like they did the homage cover where it was the classic one where all the heroes are charging forward and that was secret wars number one and they did it with the marvel the mc2 characters which is really cool um I like they did have a Spider Verse book, a, a Secret War Spider Verse book. So she may have appeared in that. Okay. I just by that point I was so Marvel events right now suck. <laughs> <laughs> they take forever. You have to read fifty books to find out no information. Um, so unfortunately, like I still haven't read Spider Man Renew Your Vows. I know the gist of it, and that's a book that's near and dear to me. But I still haven't read it. And honestly, I'll be I'm, I'm the reason why I haven't read it. It's not Mayday Parker. Yeah, if it was Mayday Parker, you would have had me sold in a heartbeat because that's just going to be the precursor to MC two comics. Now, would you have it that if if you if you could have it be Mayday Parker, would it be that they had another kid and they also called her Mayday, or was it that no the, they got her the back? First Mayday got, yeah, was actually found. Back. Yep, because the way I would look at it is I would totally plant the seed that these are like. These are the precursor issues. Because, okay, if you're Marvel, if you're a publishing giant, okay, you, you do these books and you set this out there. And then there's going to be talk, you know, especially nowadays. Everybody's talking comics. So you're going to have somebody be like, oh, yeah, I remember the MC2 line. And you start releasing the trade paperbacks. You put an omnibus out there. And you just make money. I would buy that omnibus instantly. Okay. That would be my birthday Christmas Hanukkah gift. <laughs> right? I mean, that'd be perfect, yeah, because it's going to be a great universe of comics. And, and that's how I would do it, you know, on these issues. Because that way, if your book gets canceled, okay, the book has a spiritual, a spiritual successor in the MC2 universe. So that's, they should have done it that way. So, I mean, of course, anything pro MC2, <laughs> I am down for, and you did that. I love that. You know, because I would totally like, you know, it'd be fun just to like play around with, but like take like MC2. And DC One Million, and do an amalgam of that. Nice. How freaking sick would that be? You know, like, oh, or, Iron Lantern. So you'd have Starman One Million and Mainframe, and you know, Starframe. I don't know. You can do uh, instead of going so far into DC One Million, you could just do Kingdom Come. Or that's or true. There were a lot the of generational. Kingdom, I guess yeah. be better. There were a lot of generational heroes. Actually, that's a better choice. I like that because yeah, you're not too far removed. Right. It is. So yeah, you have the whole. Um, God, well, Iris West, you know, the Iris right. West Kid Flash, mm -hmm. you know, God, can you imagine the conversation between Iris West Kid Flash and Mayday Parker Spider Girl? Yeah, They're carrying crazy. all these huge legacies. You know? Very much oh. so. All right, that's that's what we need to do. We're, we're doing DC <laughs> versus Marvel with MC2 versus Kingdom Come. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, and actually, it's funny because that's how strong MC2 was because, okay, what was Marvel's answer to Kingdom Come? Earth X. And right. in Earth X, it was Mayday Parker, and she stopped being Spider Woman, and she, or Spider Girl, she became Venom. 
So she actually took the Venom symbiote and became that. So that's why Peter was like, oh, man, I felt bad because he lost his daughter even more. Right. So, I mean, those those elements obviously were very good stories that they found their ways into other stories. That's I was toying around with that because she was supposed to be my, my, my Dick Grayson character. So who, what was the character that she was going to be growing up to? I was almost like, should I give her the Venom symbiote or not? But... I, I didn't. I never came up with something. Mm-hmm. What would you? What would you think would be her next iteration? Because you got to take into account that the MC MC two the Venom symbiote was killed because uh, Normie Osborn had it. Yeah, that's right. He went so crazy. He went it, crazy, yeah. and then he he let it die off. So she, then he went and married uh, the the son the daughter of uh, the Vulture, I think. Oh, I, I couldn't remember. I can't remember. But it's okay. But what, where would you see the next step for Spider-Girl if she was well, going to become her Nightwing? I guess this is where it's tough, but you could almost do something like, well, okay, in a, in a funny way, you could ever become Silk. That's true. You know, because Silk kind of plays that, that, you know, she's part of the Spider-Verse, um, but she's a peripheral character. You know, I, I see her more as maybe like a Batgirl or something like that. But, I mean, you know, in, in terms of, you know, uh, a character that's part connected but not you could do that i could just see her honestly like i think it'd be kind of cool because it is mc2 and it's it's removed further give her the the jessica drew spider not the jessica drew is it yeah jessica drew spider woman but that's the red and yellow one right oh yeah i'm thinking thinking the julie carpenter yeah there we go give her the julie carpenter black costume and then have her become either keep the venom name she doesn't just have the powers you know she's still got her super spider powers or call her like arachnid something like that you wouldn't go spider woman I, I could see it, but again, you know, That's it's kind of like how Nightwing yeah. steps outside the Batverse, but it's still within the Batverse. He doesn't Batverse. become Robin Man. Yeah. He just becomes Nightwing. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so, Arachnid, that'd be know, pretty cool. Or Arachne like or whatever yeah. she called herself. You, know, you could just take something like that and have it go that route. So, But yeah, no, oh, man, you're making me want to go get some MC2 comics right now. Like, oh, I need a fix. <laughs> all right, well, we need to get to your lineup before we do anything oh, yeah. else. So, all right, so my, mine's a little bit different. Um, so... Mine's not necessarily going to have those. Mine's going to have more of the broad strokes of what was going on. So I don't necessarily have character per character, but I do have it. So here's how I would have played it. So, you know, I'm given the new Mutants book. And the new Mutants book at the time, kind of in, in title wise, is obviously the clone of the new Teen Titans. Because, like you were saying, the Teen Titans and X Men, those are the two books that battle each other. And with the X Men being more adult, so we needed the next generation of X Men. The New Mutants, which is an extension of Stanley's original title for the X Men, The Mutants. Right. And I just learned that. I didn't know that. So I was oh, like, yeah. oh, wow. I should have realized that. I so, think you wanted to call them Merry Mutants. <laughs> I don't know if it went that far, but yeah. But, but so, anyway, so yeah, so you got the New Mutants out there. So. And I think this, and before you get into it, I think this is the, the, the weirdest part or the hardest part about this challenge because when you're talking about sidekicks in the DCU, there are no real sidekicks in the Marvel U. It's just generations or younger mutants or anything like that, yeah. you know? Well, because I was, I, I know we were talking about this, but it's, you know, at the time it, it is, it's a, it's a whole nother, like, well, it's another adult, you know, Captain America, U.S. agent, Iron Man, War Machine, Thor, Thunderstrike, right. you know, uh, and even with Hulk, you know, Rick Jones is a man, you know, and, and so you would have this, um, you would have this next generation going on, you know, and it, and it still continues. Adamus Cho was never really a sidekick, but he's the Hulk. The Falcon is 
um, you know, a superhero in his own right. Now he's the current Captain America, even, you know, when Winter Soldier took over the Captain America reigns. So you're right. There really hasn't been a whole set of sidekicks. Even the, and young, even Avengers, the young Avengers. Yeah, yeah they, they weren't sidekicks. No. They were their own, you know. And They're and carrying on legacies, but they're, they were their own yep. per, per, per persons. They're not sidekicks. Yeah, Danny Ketch was never... Uh, you know the sidekick to Donnie Blaze. He was just a ghostwriter. Right. You know? So yeah, you're right, and that's what makes it harder. Is there is no like you know Batman and Robin of the Marvel U. It's a straight up hero. You know, because even with Spider Man, you have Spider Men right now, Miles and Peter. But there's never been like oh I started off as Spider Boy and then <laughs> I, I took over. You know, it's like nope, it's just been that. So yeah, no, that's what that's what does make it tough. So because even with my group of characters. Even even with your group of characters, you're right. They're the next generation. They're not, you know, these sidekicks that were always there. They're just like fresh, brand new characters that are continuing on an idea. So, so in my team, they're the original. Um, well, they're gonna they're they're not the they're the original X Force, but they're still gonna be new mutants in my story. So this book is literally gonna be the new mutants. So you'll have Boom Boom, Cannonball, uh, Domino, Pharaoh, Shatterstar, and Warpath. And, um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of stretching, obviously. Um, but, you know, those would be the characters. And, of course, they follow the military guidance of Cable. But for the listeners, I'm doing air quotes because it's not Cable. It's Cable. <laughs> so what happens is, is we see, you know, that there's this assassin out there who's just like, la-di-da-di-da, I do my own thing. So that's Deadpool. <laughs> so Cable hires on Deadpool and he's like I need you to infiltrate or I want you on this team and this is what you're going to do so our Deadpool's just like whatever I'm cool with this you know like I'll, I'll do what I need to do because I'm an assassin you know so he is running around with the team and they're doing their adventures and stuff like that and you know we're, we're, we're kind of seeing it all play out um, Hive my Hive would actually be the Mutant Liberation Front mm, which nice. in the twist here is actually going to be led by Cable Wow. Because Cable is... Uh, so basically, my Cable is Strife. So that's who my, my Deathstroke is. So he's from the far future. And this is where, in this story, we'll actually get the origin. I won't straight up say it's Cyclops and Jean Grey that were the parents. But in this one, you know, as he's relaying the information to... Um, you know, he's going to be relaying the information to Deadpool. Like, this is why I'm doing this. Is He's like, look, I was born in the future. I was raised to be this prince. And then I come to find out that I'm actually, you know, the, the, the clone of this broken mutant, you know. And I know the broken mutant came here into the past. He's the one who's going to take these new mutants and model them to be the, the you know, the, the next generation of freedom fighters. I'm putting a stop to it. I'm going to change the future. And this is what I want to do. You know, I'm going to bring, you know, about like a, a great prosperous era. And that's what he's telling Deadpool. And, of course, Deadpool, you know, being riddled with the cancer and whatnot is kind of like, well, you can help me. And he's like, of course I'll help you. And But right before that, we have to cause total anarchy. And, of course, that's where Deadpool's like, I love anarchy. This is such a fun <laughs> word to say. Let's do this. So my story is called The Cable Bill. <laughs> it's not the Judas Contract. It's The Cable Bill. Fair enough. Maybe even just go with The Cable Contract because you really do have to sign a contract with these <laughs> bastards. So... Mine's obviously going to be more of a spoof. It's just a total straight-up spoof. So, yeah, I would have my, my, my Deadpool – or, sorry, my Deathstroke is Cable. 
but he's masquerade as Strife, and Strife is the one he's he's coming in. So he's manipulating the mutant uh, liberation fr- or the mankind liberation front to basically start coming after these kids because he wants to start destroying them. He he wants to destroy the next generation of X Men and stop them. And things are so close because exactly they start taking them down one by one and items like that. Um, and in the reality of it is it's funny because in the, 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 the Titans version he takes out you know those various members and leaves Dick Grayson behind who's the one who comes to save him well he takes out you know he, he puts down the kids but then he's like alright good now that the kids are down I'm actually going to go after the X-Men so that's the team he kidnaps and locks down oh. so he's got them locked down and so of course you know the new mutants like here comes the real cable you know, and they're kind of pissed because they're like, "Why the hell should we trust you? You just knocked us out." And you know, this cable is going to be like, because the cable they've seen is not going to have the metal arm, right? So the cable that they're seeing has the metal arm, and he's like, "No, I'm I'm the real cable. What you've been attacked by was strife. He hired Deadpool to come in and take you guys down from the inside. So Deadpool's the one who knocks him out, but he didn't kill him on the spot because he is like, yeah, Deadpool at his heart isn't a bad guy. So even though he's like, I love anarchy and I'm okay with destroying all this stuff, I can't really hurt these kids because they're my friends. You know, I've grown to like them, so I'm just gonna tuck them away in the X mansion and leave them alone <laughs> over here. And meanwhile, you know, Wolverine." Collect- Losses and Storm are getting the tar and piss beat out of them because they're straight up in the mutant, uh, the MLF's, you know, compound, Strife's turning the screws, and they're going all kinds of crazy. And so Cable's like, yeah, we need to rebrand, we need to do this better, and we're going to go after it. And so the name change will actually be when they go from New Mutants to X-Force. So that's their coming of age nice. story. So they've basically learned because this is kind of where Cable's at, where he's like, "Look, I respect you all. You're my soldiers and whatnot, but you have to understand, your heart is the hardest thing that's going to be, you know, the hardest thing to take care of because it can be destroyed from within." So you know, that's where they're going to go in. They go and save the day, of course. And you know, I'm going to kill Deadpool, but because he's got his you know regeneration <laughs> thing, he's going to come back later on, and you know, we'll have all that. Uh, I think in a funny twist, it's going to be Boom Boom who has the crush. Kind of like how Changeling did. So Boom Boom secretly got this crush, you know, because she's like, oh, Deadpool couldn't have been that. He wasn't a bad guy. Sure, he was a merc with a mouth, but it was such a cute mouth, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. So she's going to be the one blinded by the love. So that's kind of where I went with it. Like I said, mine... Mine's more of a spiritual, you know, conversion as opposed to a direct one for one, because it was it was hard. Because every time I'd sit down and think about it, because at first I was like, oh, maybe this is where you know Bucky will become the Winter Soldier. Uh, I can't really, you know, because Bucky has to go through the whole, you know, the the the, the Winter Soldier thing With through Russia, the Russians. Yeah. yeah, that makes way more sense. So you know, it's not like he rips his arm off and puts on a metal. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna step up, you know. And, <laughs> And then it is hard because there's really no sidekicks out there in the Marvel U. So I thought, well, I'll take the sidekicks to the next best thing, the X-Men, and then try that out. So that's my pitch. That's the cable bill. No, I love love the the idea of of creating the X-Force this way, you know, and and you have Domino and, 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 and Shatterstar. I mean, you, how often do you hear that name? <laughs> but, yeah. Right? And, yeah, and and uh, and boom, boom. So it's it's. I mean, that's pretty awesome. So uh, I like it. And bringing back Strife, which you know doesn't get used that often anymore, yeah. but uh, Strife was great. I think I know that they did it in Ultimate X Men, and I'm pretty sure I heard that they that's what they originally wanted to do. But they but Cable was supposed to be Wolverine. From the future. You know, Cable's been all over the place. Um, actually, the original, the original, original idea. Yeah, he was supposed to be Cannonball. 
Oh. Yeah, he was Cannonball from the future. That's why he came down and, you know, he was, like, prepping them. But there's, again, the writing and stuff is so weird. It's... It's tough, you know, because even though they, they, they didn't even have plans to have him be Cyclops' son, you know, like the whole, because it's like, it's funny because it's like, I think Cable the baby appears first, X-Men 200, and so that's why that issue skyrocketed once they were like, oh yeah, Cable's the son of Cyclops. Oh, here's the technical first appearance of him then, ha ha ha, ha. you know, not, not New Mutants or whatever, you know. And so they introduced the baby, and then in X-Factor number 67, I think, or something like that, as when they had, you know, the big showdown with Apocalypse, Apocalypse kidnaps the baby, infects it with the TO virus, and they send it in the future in hopes that they can be saved. And that's all we had. And it took forever until, like, I mean, it took, like, a good two, three years. And then they did X-Men, um, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of the trade, what it looks like, um... I should know the story because it's part of the whole Cyclops saga, which I, I, I'm one of the few people that knows this. Um, but anyways, um, this was the one that where we discover that Strife, at first they, they planted the seed that Strife was the true son and Cable was the clone. Wow. And they actually, that, that's where I kind of got some of the elements. The story starts off with Strife posing as Cable and he straight up shoots Professor X with the TO virus. And then everybody's like, okay, we have to hunt down Cable. And Strife's just laughing because he's like, ha ha, you know, my greatest enemy, they're going to be searching for him. Meanwhile, I'll kidnap my family and torture them, you know, because he, you know, he's pissed because he's like, I didn't get to have my parents. You guys wasted your time raising the clone, and here I was. And then finally it comes to his mind, he's like, oh no, they did raise the right kid. I was the clone. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, it was crazy. Um, and, you know, we started learning stuff. And then finally it all culminated in Cable, one of his volumes, I think volume two, issues six, seven, and eight, called Fathers and Sons. And that's where, you know, Cyclops and Cable learn that, oh, I'm your dad, I'm your son, this is crazy. So it was a lot of convoluted writing, so that's why I just want to take it, put it in one quick story, <laughs> and this is how the New Mutants become the Teen Titans. This is how Sinister Strife is, and we learn the origin. And like I said, I would just have it flash that I'm from the future. You know, I was raised by Red and Slim, and then later on we'll find out Red and Slim were Scott and Gene, and we're good. <laughs> there you go. All done. Uh, all right, folks, that's that's our challenge. We, we did it. We, we put the Teen Titans Judas contract in the marvel universe uh what did you think do you have better uh, better ideas do you do you think our stories are crap do you think our stories are great we want to hear about it so if you want to get a hold of me on twitter i'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat chris is also on twitter as uh, stuff i should say should being spelled s-h-u-d there's also at geekly radio and geekly radio on facebook is where we do most of our conversation we'd love to hear from you there uh be a part of our community come join join in with the rest of the geeks uh, then go over to our website, geekleetradio.com, to listen to archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Radio Network. And then one quick thing I want to actually throw out there. This is what's kind of neat, like the synergy. I don't know if it was planned or not, but the DC animated films, one of the ones definitely, like I think two or three films from now, will actually be the, the Judas Contract. 
they're going to be doing this one as one of their animated I, features. So I, that's going to be. I think awesome. the reason why I picked Jewish contracts is because I had heard some more stuff about like the of you them making that movie. Out. Yeah, because they've been talking about it for a very oh, long God, time. That was supposed to be that was supposed to be the second one, right? Right after the death of Superman, and finally they're they're finally like, okay, maybe we're going to do some more stuff with it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I've never actually read that story. Let's let's go ahead and talk. Like, let me read it and we'll talk about it. Yep. So I'm I'm excited to see that, what they do. I, I'm gonna guess they're gonna leave out the pedophilia. If they're smart, that'd right. be a good idea. <laughs> uh, but next week we'll be doing a 101, yep. and we've decided to do The Guardian. Because if you've been keeping track of your Supergirl news on the TV show, Jimmy Olsen, will, they have announced that he's going to take on yet another name. He's going to take on the name of The Guardian because he wants to also be part of the superhero uh, community because he is tired of being the sidekick. And. There's actually a lot of legacy that has to go with that, with that name. So uh, Chris and I will go ahead and try and tackle that next week. So make sure you tune in. But until then, this has been Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.